Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Mean Green Nation podcast. Welcome to it. been you know I, I tune in on the station i imagine y'all the, the listeners like tuning in like listen for the favorite program you know like the oval teen hour or whatever um uh we, you know we we were gonna podcast on sunday and then uh you know we just had other stuff happening it's all good we figured it was a good break because we're gonna be like in close pro- close proximity to each other it's me and uh basketball contributor mr greg g how you doing greg um I'm doing good. I'm a little bit jealous. You showed me your breakfast this morning, and all I've had is two pieces of white toast. <laughs> well, I woke up early. The beginning of our rec league soccer, uh, you know, outdoor soccer thing. So it's a bunch of old dudes getting together and trying to relive some glory days. Or maybe have a glory day if you hadn't had one yet, right? And, like, going out there running around, kicking the ball and stuff. So that's what we did. Uh, and so now I'm eating my breakfast a little late. And so, you know, that, that's what's going on. It's good times. It's good times. It's a good moment. North Texas has the best basketball program statistically uh, in terms of wins, right? Uh, in terms of conference wins also set, like, tied the record, right, with 16 wins. Um, so, basically, if there's ever a time you're like, man, I don't know, is, is North Texas basketball good? Yes, it's good. By <laughs> the, the pure number of wins. I like to see them get some wins. Yeah, they got all the wins, just about all the wins that they could. Um, and you're like, wow, you know, I'd like to get them wins in conference because that's what matters to me. Well, they got 16 of them, you know, that's, that's a lot of wins. 16 out of what, 19? Is that what it was? Is that, is that the, or 20, I'm, 16 and 4. Yeah, you got it. I forgot the other one. Yeah, so, I mean, out of 20. Yeah, uh, they lost to Charlotte twice to FAU, and FAU's good this year. It's college basketball for you. Somebody that won good, all of a sudden is good, and you got to readjust your expectations in your life. Um, and you know, they did <laughs> North Texas is good now. Um, let's recap a little bit. Cause we didn't talk about it. Greg. Uh, lost to Charlotte on Thursday last week. And you know, we've been, you know, you've been listening to the show. You're like, you know, Adam, Adam and Greg always say, well, North Texas kind of gunks it up and then says, all right, now let's, let's create a little space. You ever create, you know, do some cooking, you create a little space in there and then you drop the next piece of food in there. And that space is for Tyler Perry to go in there and cook. And he didn't. That was the thing. He was struggling. He was not cooking. And you're kind of like, well, this is Tyler Perry time. And then he didn't really do the thing that he does. Now, I looked at it. Uh, and I wrote about it. Have you all read about this? And once every five games, he has a bad game. And it's a bad game by his standards, not by, like, your and my standards, where it'd be like I trip over my feet and bounce the ball off my face or something, right? Like, for him, it's like, well, he only gets, like, a 90, a Ken Palm 90 offensive rating. Uh, you know, it's like... Four games straight, it's like 113, 125, 125, 93, right? Well, this one was actually a bad game. It was like 58 or 78. I forget what it was. I, the numbers are mixing my head. 73. Yeah, that's that's good for a role player. You're like, yeah, they didn't really contribute. You know, like, it is one shot. That's not really what Tyler Perry's standard is. And it, it's a testament to his ability, to his uh, uh, two years here at North Texas and what he's been able to do. He didn't live up to it, you know. 
he owned it. I, I figured he was going to come out against middle and dominate, or at least be more aggressive. And he didn't really shoot that well. But he was 14 to 14 from the line. And that's what I'm saying. Score is score. Uh, he was aggressive. He was shooting the ball like he wanted to score. And that does a lot. That, I mean, if he's not shooting like he wants to do that, there was a whole offensive loss. So Tyler Perry played great in these two games. Uh, and it was also, like uh, again, beat middle, beat Western to end the season. I'm, I'm skipping steps here. And it was a blowout win over Western, which is, uh, I don't know, it's some kind of sweet way to go out in the regular <laughs> season. That we, played, we play with that team in the Sun Belt. We play with that team in Conference USA. It's been like 20-something years. been uh, hating on Western. And it was good to give him a little slap, 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 and then a boot on the way out. At least that's they what have, I looked at. Yeah, I mean, they, they've been the thorn in our side for so long until really McCaslin showed up, and then he kind of flipped the narrative there. And, and we've been the people that have really ruined their good seasons. The, you know, the, the first time the COVID year when we won the conference championship here um, and the pit, and, you know, when we beat them in the – conference tournament to go to the NCAA tournament and, and just how, you know, he's really owned Rick Stansbury. So that, I mean, that was just, it was great to see. It was a great day, you know, Tyler Perry's senior day, maybe not senior day, but good moment. Like you said, it's always good to slap them around. The Charlotte loss was disappointing because it kind of ended all the bubble hopes or so we thought, um, you know, you look at Charlotte and like they had the two guards, Montre Gibson, he's like 200 pounds and the uh, Patterson guy, you know, he's six foot two, 210 pounds. And I thought Charlotte did a really good job of getting or getting somebody like Tyler Perry and forcing him to guard in the post. And, and we struggled to defend those guys in the post. And it was really those two dudes who, who hurt us along with um, Bryce Williams, who's really was kind of been their best player. All year. So, I mean, we, in McCaslin's era, I don't think we won in Charlotte. We beat in Charlotte here. Did we go, did we play them there last year? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think we played them there last year, but I know that it was two seasons ago with, J- with JV on Hamlet that they did lose there. And they were hyping that up on, like, ahead of that game. They're like, hey, last time North Texas played here, we whooped them. And then, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I think in that, that particular game, they had a good game plan, but it was not like, North Texas didn't have an answer for it. It was just one of those things where we couldn't get, you know, that final bucket. You know, the one like it was set up too. Tyler Perry, cook him, cook him, cook him. This is like we've seen him hit that dagger three so much that you expect it. So when it didn't go in, I was kind of like, huh, hey, I I never seen it not go in. I don't know what to do about that. You know, this kind of weird reaction. Like on the one hand, you're like, well, that was a step back sort of, you know, dribble, dribble, dribble three. That's not necessarily what you go and teach at basketball camp. But for Tyler Perry, that's a great shot. It's a rhythm shot, all this other stuff. And he missed it. So, you know, whatever. I think I like that North Texas was not out of that game. I think Abu was – was he in foul trouble in that one? Uh, He had three fouls. But, I mean, he he played okay. He had 12 points. Scott had 12 points. Kai had 12 points. But, I mean, really the biggest thing was Kai and Perry didn't – they were two of 11 from three. Um, and as a team, North Texas was three of 13. And I'm not saying like three pointers are, are a huge, you know, metric for North Texas. I think sometimes we put a lot of emphasis on it, but really it's kind of like that two point percentage, which is 
a more significant metric for North Texas where, you know, they're really good when they're shooting over 48% and kind of like in that 50% range. And for that game, they were at 45.5. So, I mean, that, that was one kind of huge thing for them. They just weren't hitting the two point shots and it made the, the three point misses, you know, even greater. Yeah. It, it's uh you know, we, we mentioned that, right? Like, so you saw uh, Usman come out and then, Really dominate against middle uh, on the broadcast. The dude was that O'Neal, I think his name was. I mean, he was talking up how good he was, and I mean, I had nothing really to add to that because he he was right. Like, um, you know, what you want in your big man is somebody can catch, you know, the the little dump off passes. Like, uh, you get penetration by the guards or a wing or whoever, and then he's open. You can throw him a lob or you throw him a bounce pass. He catches it, finishes it strong. Right. That's that's really it. Um, and then are they battling for rebounds? And then can you throw, you know, it's sort of a bonus. Can you throw them the ball and say, go get us two points? With uh, Usman, you can do that like five times a game where he'll get you at least a good shot. And, you know, you can sit down and be like, well, analytically it's not. There's a lot of value in letting him have a, like two possessions, right? It means that Kai Hutsbury can stand in the corner, get a little breather, just a little bit. It's just, it's, it's you know, 30 seconds. Uh, maybe a minute where your two primary ball handlers can catch a breather while still being on the court, right? They can still be effective, they, all this other stuff. Then he can go to work down there, right? And he did it. He, uh, he, he, look, he kicked Dishman's ass. That's what happened. <laughs> DeAndre Dishman yeah. is a, he's a, I mean, he's a load. He's like, you know, 250 or something like that. And he's like wide and he's athletic and he's dynamic. And Abu Usman had him turned over. You know, he, he didn't know where he was going to go left, right, pump fake, finish. Draw foul, you know, man. That that's good basketball there, and I love to see that. I love that classic yeah. big man game. Usman, nineteen points, six of thirteen from two point range, seven of eight from the free throw line, nine rebounds, three assists, and five block shots. Yeah, he filled up the stat sheet, and <laughs> yeah, you look at Dishman here, like five points, uh, like two of seven. He couldn't really find a shot. He couldn't make any. He did. He didn't do anything that. If you watch Middle go against other teams, they like to get him because he's quicker than your usual big man. So he he'll draw get them in foul trouble. He'll get to the line. He'll he'll jump in there. He'll get a little extra hustle b- points. But he can't do that with Usman because he's too long and he's he can move his feet well enough that you know Dishman's like, well, I got nothing for this guy. You know, <laughs> I can't do nothing. Yeah. No, and and he got in foul. Dishman got in foul trouble early. Then the other guy that the six ten guy behind him, Coleman Jones, you know, he was in foul trouble as well too. He played better than Dishman, really. He outscored him. But uh yeah, I mean Dishman is, is such a huge part of, of Middle's game and how they they break you down with him and that kind of lets everything fall into place around them. And and when he's not playing well, Middle's not gonna play well. Yeah. So I I I I was saying after that game, right? That middle's a good squad. They're top four Conference USA team, uh, which is a top ten league in the nation. You know what I mean? Like they're a good squad. Uh, you you beating middle. North Texas made it look sort of easy, and there were some times you're like, oh well, you know, we're kind of letting middle get back into it. That's how basketball goes. Like you know, like with two good teams, a good team will fight you. Middlegate had a couple runs. I I think I think uh, a ton of Eli Lawrence, uh, T. Phil Leonard. Of uh, even Cam West, he's been he kind of fell off a little bit from his uh, play last year, but they have a couple guys that are really good. And like if they're like, you know what, 
would you pick that guy on your basketball team? Yes. I would take Eli Lawrence on my basketball team. I would take Tethel Leonard on my basketball team. I would take uh, Dishman, not only because he's, you know, he, he's old now. He's like seventh-year player or something like that. Uh, I would take any of those dudes. They're, they're quality players, and I have a ton of respect for middle. And what I'm saying is that beating them in the way that we did is impressive, right? You got to say, yeah. what a good performance by North Texas, even though it wasn't always pretty in beating that squad. No. And I mean, you had the injury to Huntsbury with 16 minutes left in the game. And from that point on, you're like, well, what, what is North Texas going to do here? I mean, because you lose a huge part of your offense um, with Huntsbury out. And really they just kind of relied on their defense for the rest of the game. From that point on 16 minutes left to go, they only allowed middle Tennessee to score 16 points. And so that that's huge. A defensive efficiency number of 82. That's really good against a team like Middle Tennessee. So, I mean, that was fighting through some adversity. They didn't play well offensively. You know, Perry didn't have the, the best shooting night. You mentioned earlier the 14 of 14 getting to the free throw line. That was huge. Usman's play was huge. You know, North Texas, 25 of 30 from the free throw line. That, I mean, that that's really kind of what stood out to me in that game. So it's just, you know, we, I think we talked like a couple of weeks ago that we thought maybe one of these two last home games, North Texas would drop just because of, you know, Western's a very talented team. Obviously they're not playing to expectations and middle. You just said it. They were talented as well too. And North Texas hasn't played as well at home. And for North Texas to dominate the end of um, the season at home, like they did was just, it's really impressive. Yeah, it was a great way to go out. And I think if you think of from like a marketing perspective, you know, old Jared over there is like, oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell a bunch of tickets to this one. Or at least that's the idea, right? Um, like it's harder for people to get there in the earlier weeks. North Texas plays Thursday, right? And they play the winner of the team that, that plays uh Wednesday, which is Louisiana Tech and FIU. Now personally, and we'll get into the more of the tournament in a second. Personally, I want Louisiana Tech to beat FIU. Because uh, I think we've already beat FIU in the conference tournament. Um, or we were going to play them. Is that what it, No, I, I'm forgetting now. All these years are blurring together. But I will say, I, I mean, Louisiana Tech, I want to I wanna exercise some demons a little <laughs> bit, yo. I mean, and, you know, they, they're not, they don't have uh, their, their Kobe, Kobe Williams anymore. He's been kicked off the team. And I, wa- I just kind of want to put it hurting on him. Like, I mean, if you got to face anybody, I'd rather be Louisiana Tech. Because there's some history there, and uh, it'll be a good time, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. Fully yeah. acknowledging that yeah. it's not necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily good to wish for a team. It's, it's a great way to get to get <laughs> quoted, but you know, you know, you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if we're talking, I, I I don't really. I was thinking about this the other day, really last night. Like, okay, well, who do, who don't I want to face, and who do I want to face, and and finally, I was like. Yeah, I, I just don't care because I just want to see North Texas play well and play at the level that they're capable of. Like, I, I mean, when you get into March, you've we've watched these conference tournaments throughout this week so far, and there's been a tremendous number of upsets already. Look, look, Texas State, they, they beat Marshall. Texas and Old Dominion as an 11 seed. And, and they're in the semifinals this week. So really, what you did, and it's a harsh way to say it, what you did in the regular season doesn't matter because a, f- a bad 40 minutes can erase all the good 
that that we've had the 25 wins the the program records all that stuff it it can just be erased with a bad 40 minutes and we saw it last year when you know we just couldn't hit a shot against Louisiana Tech yeah so uh, you know I, th- I think that's a good point right like so it, at the at the risk of making it seem like the regular season doesn't matter I think it does I think if you do the regular season right and and I think North Texas does right. Grant McGaslin does a good job of like emphasizing the 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 adversity and that kind of stuff, right? I heard this week Paul George talking about Paul George, you know, the L.A. Clippers dude. He was saying like nowadays in the NBA, one thing they do, they don't do anymore is practice real hard. That he kind of misses that where when he first came in the league, he was on a team that would practice very hard and play hard. Like he felt that prepared him for the adversity. They were just ready to to grind. Now, North Texas famously pl- practices very hard, right? They, they they get through it. And that teaches you, right? Because it's not like, oh, all of a sudden, I have to deal with when things are hard. And that's that's something that has been true for North Texas like three, four seasons, where like when Ryan Woolridge was here and he was injured, you could see North Texas still plays hard. Um, when you talk, you mentioned the beating Western in the, in the championship game, it went to overtime, right? And North Texas, I think, was down by like, three years or six or I, I forget what it was but they're down a few points and i was kind of nervous <laughs> i'm sitting at home like oh man this is gonna be you know and then you see the guys walk on the court and uh you know the big man zach zach uh i can't think of his last name uh, zach simmons <laughs> zach simmons zach simmons walking on the court just blank expression not like he's not too high he's not too low he's like we're just gonna go hoop we're gonna go do it that's what you need and then north texas did right like and, and i talked about it before um uh, 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 Thomas Bell going like one for six, uh, oh for six from three, uh, and if we all the Twitter was like, get him out the game, <laughs> he's missing, he's terrible, and then big moment, swing, swing, he gets the ball, he fires it with confidence, knocks it down, big time three. You that's that is all those things, all those coaching cliches, right? Being ready to play, staying in the game, being present, fighting through adversity, believing in your teammates, all those all those things. It's when you have to work on it. It's a skill. You got to practice it. And so I, I think how, if you get 26 wins, but you just kind of blew everybody out and never got challenged, I think that's a little scary. And I'm glad that North Texas had to grind out some wins. They had to come back against middle. They had to, you know, overcome some things. They got blown out by Santa Clara. I think I think it was good. Um, you know, some guys had to earn some playing time. I think that's good. And, you know, I, if there's any any team in this in this league – that's ready for that kind of adversity. I think it's North Texas, just because of the, you know the way they prepare. So I'm 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 confident in that respect. Now that doesn't mean they're going to blow everybody out and they're going to win this thing, because it's very possible to get beat just because you know some team could get hot. That's that's basketball. But yeah, I mean you you make all good points. I wasn't trying to diminish the, the regular season, but oh, no. I mean, I mean it's, it's just when you get to this point, right? It's it, it just sucks. It, like what happened last year, it, <laughs> it, it it sucked for how it went because, you know, you're right there, you're, you're in the bubble discussion and then you lose, you know, at the end of the season, the UTEP, and then you lose like we did to Louisiana Tech. And it just, it just kind of diminished some things. And yeah, it was nice to still play in the NIT. And look, no matter what happens in Frisco this upcoming week, North Texas is going to be in the NIT and there'll be a top four seed somewhere in one of the regions. If, if, if that happens and hopefully it doesn't and, and we're able to win, but 
still, you know, you, you make a lot of good points there about, you know, North Texas is, they know how to win. They know how to win their way. Right. And, and that all goes back to McCaslin and, and building this team through adversity, through the hard coaching, um, through the toughness off the court that, you know, translates on the court with, with just how they play. And, and so, yeah, I mean, you, you feel good going into next week is how their, where their mental toughness is. And, you know, I was thinking about it earlier this morning, the, the loss last year, you know, that group is, is pretty much back, right? The, the core portions of it are back. They, they know what happened. They, they want redemption. I think that will help them this week. I think also last year there was a, I think the pressure was a little bit different where, where you had the perfect season, you lost at the end and, you know, now you're the number one seed. And I don't think they handled that well um, in Frisco. And I think this year being the two seed, I don't think there's as much pressure. There's going to be a ton of people that are picking UAB, picking Florida Atlantic that aren't talking about North Texas this week. And I think that's going to help them with their mentality about, you know, that they've got something to prove and they know what it feels like to be disappointed as a group. Yeah, that's, that's a huge motivator. And I mean, I, I'm not, I think you're right. It, this is the time of season and it's crazy when you see a team with, you know, uh, a two in front of their, their win, you know, and then their win total. And then you look and they're like down 20 against a team with only you know, one in the, in the, in the tens column there. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, Texas State, I saw that they OD, they blew out Old Dominion by like thirty, and then they did yeah. beat. Mar- so, I thought getting rid of Old Dominion and I thought getting rid of Marshall was good for the league, and I think it has been right. I think Southern Miss is the only team that got better out of the three teams that left for the Sun Belt. But I mean, I like, I hated watching Old Dominion play. They're they're junk basketball. They they run <laughs> offense underneath the free throw line just the whole time and like it's just awful to watch. And then you know like Marshall, they never heard of the word defense. You know that it just <laughs> that's a that's a rec league. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you go from ju- junk league to rec league <laughs> basketball with Marshall because they just throw it up no matter where it is on the court. Fast break ninety percent of the time. Like it's fun to watch. <laughs> But it's not great basketball. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, and you could see them get picked apart by teams that just like that guard somebody, <laughs> and you're like, they, they have that rec league mentality, They're like, hey, 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 man, calm, calm down, it's just rec league. Like, uh, no, this is the conference tournament. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, but you know, all that aside, uh, uh, just a final note about this thing: um, is who's winning the conference play of the year? Is it Tyler Perry? Is that your? I'm going to say that I think they'll end up giving it to Jelly Walker. I I just, I don't know. I I don't know where they go. Like if, if I was a coach and I was split on between Jelly and Tyler Perry, I'd just go golden at FAU. Okay. (laughs) When, When you look at some of the other metrics about like, who's the most indispensable player for their team, it's been golden for FAU. Um, like he's kind of the, the person that starts everything for them. They run everything through him. He's a huge part of their defense. He's a huge part of their offense. So uh, you, you can make a case. Like if I was going to pick the best player on the best team, it's going to be golden. If yeah. I had to decide between jelly and Tyler, like my heart says Tyler. Yeah. Um, but my head thinks that conference USA folks will pick jelly just because I mean, 
I mean, he did show He's, up. On, he uh, did. He, he, he had yeah. 41 against Charlotte in two OTs, uh, but he only had eight against Western. And then, you know, he had 30. He, he scores a ton, and that, you know, that is a thing. Uh, here's, 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 also, here's. also, last point here. Like, for me, I want Jelly to get the player of the year so that I don't <laughs> see a pissed-off Jelly in Frisco. <laughs> like because I, I think there's a difference between a pissed off, you know, Jelly Walker and a not pissed off, and then same thing for Tyler, right? I, I don't want Jelly to have any other reason to hate against us other than they lost the two games mm-hmm. if we faced each other, mm-hmm. right? I don't need anything else. I need Tyler to have a little bit extra else. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the thing is that like I I I'm totally fine thinking of the things that way. You know what I mean, like. Ultimately, nobody really cares too much about the player. I mean, yes, you care about the player of the year, right? But I mean, in the grand scheme, going to the to the tournament, right, winning that way, that will that will stick in people's minds a little bit longer than who won conference player of the year. Uh, yeah, I mean, but you know, whatever. Like, I think it's it, all of it is meaningful, and you're you're competing for that at an individual level. Um, Look, to me, the the vote is Tyler Perry. I think he's just been so good for North Texas, and you know he kind of elevates them. I think his team is better, at at least record wise. Uh, Jelly Walker can score, but I don't know that Jelly Walker does a lot of the same kind of things that Tyler Perry does, and especially in the kind of system. Like if North Texas played a little bit more pace, but a little bit more pace, Tyler Perry might get more points. But his nineteen, it's nineteen of like sixty. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's it's. It's a slow pace, and it's like, when do we ask him to score? It, all right, all that aside, let's talk a little bit tournament. Well, let, let, if you don't know, here's I'm going to give you the standings, right? Very, very audio uh, uh, medium here. Maybe you don't have time to look at it. Florida Atlantic won the regular season title. Overall record, 28-3, 18-2 in the conference. Um, their adjusted offensive efficiency is tops in the league, that followed by UAB and then North Texas. So they're very good. They're not a paper tiger. Uh, we played them twice. We lost to them twice. And, uh, you know, both of them came down to the wire. They beat us fair and square both times. It was, you know, better shooting by them, lack of execution by us, this kind of thing. Uh, but very close, and I don't think that North Texas can't beat them. We're not, we're not so far away from them. Number two in the conference, North Texas, 25-6, and 16-4 six, and four in the league. Um, I, I mentioned the two losses to FAU, uh, one loss to Charlotte, and then that other loss to Rice. That was terrible, right? Those are the ugly losses by it. And then it's UAB, Middle, Charlotte, Western, Rice, FIU, Louisiana Tech, UTEP, and UTSA. UTSA is garbage. They were <laughs> four and sixteen. UTEP, they're feisty, but they were seven and thirteen. Louisiana Tech, same kind of deal, seven and thirteen. Um if in a nutshell, I'd say everybody, FIU, Tech, UTEP, UTSA are all like in a grab bag. Like, you can stick your hand in there and just pick one out, and they're all kind of the same kind of team. They're very flawed, like any bad team. They'll have a night where you're like, oh, that guy's pretty good. Yeah, but, you know, over three games, he'll play one good game. You know what I mean? That's just how it is. And they have, like, a glaring flaw. Like, they don't know where where defense means, or they don't rebound, or everybody likes a foul. Something stupid like that. You're just like, why why would they do that? They had 30 games to improve this, and they didn't improve it. That's why they were all like tied at eight and twelve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those like you're like ill. Um, so th- 
middle UAB, North Texas, FAU are all the winning team records, right? We saw what Charlotte did. Uh, they, they're tough, and you're like, oh, you know, they're, they're kind of, they can do some things. But they lost to UC, UTSA, <laughs> and then they lost to UAB. And, uh, you know, it, it just, I don't know, they, they're, they're lukewarm is what, what I call it. Uh, best defensive efficiency team, North Texas, 96.2. FAU second, 97. Then you got your UTEP, and then you got your UAB. That's UTEP scares me because they'll play a little defense on you, right? But North Texas is used to that, I think. Um, and, you know, we can kind of handle that a little bit. But always look out for teams that can play very good defense because um, I think they win over teams that can play very good offense. I just, you know, my rule of thumb, but that that's always see, bad. See, like I, I tweeted out my hot sports opinion that in yeah. March and conference tournaments that – Defense doesn't win you games. It'll keep you close. <laughs> yeah, that's but true. But that, that guard play and clutch shot making ultimately wins games in these tournaments. Yeah, well, so I think that they both can be true, right? Like, if you play good defense, it'll keep you close. And if you have a guy that can score, and, I mean, so you take Charlotte, right? They played us. They played solid defense. And they had a guy they could go to to get him buckets, right? It was like, and even with just like a manufactured kind of thing. But I watch UTEP play. You watch UTEP play. Uh, do they have a way to score? No, I don't know. They were throwing the ball um, at the rim. <laughs> well, I mean, like the Solomon guy was playing well against us, but like, I mean, it's not going to matter. Yeah. I mean, they're playing okay, so Western Kentucky, and you're like, well, where, where, where is their mindset at after beating? I mean, just getting dominated by us. Like they, they have the maybe the most talent in the league on their roster, maybe maybe second most behind UAB, but you know, are they? They just they beat UTEP before they faced us. They they won both games against UTEP by the same total margin, five points. I think that UTEP is probably going to be a little bit more fired up than Western Kentucky in this game because I I just I just foresee that happening. I don't know if Stansberry has that that fire in him to kind of flip the script when they get to Frisco. Um, Really what that game is going to come down to is the foul situation. Like Western Kentucky has to draw fouls and UTEP has to avoid fouling. If, if UTEP can defend and avoid fouling in that game, they're going to beat Western Kentucky. But if they can and they put Western Kentucky on the line, then they're going to lose. Yeah, that, this is one of those things where like Davion McKnight could win him the game. He could go off. like he, and North Texas did a great job against him. He didn't, he didn't play well. Um but he can get 30. He's a guy that can get 30. And if he's hungry and the rotations tighten anyway in conference tournaments. Um, sorry, my son's running through here making an appearance. Looking for his truck or something. Um, I mean, you know, I wish I had I wish I had that kind of life. Yeah. Where's my truck, Dad? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he can score, right? But, I mean, they're so flawed and they don't have – they don't really have, like – the next level they're injured. I think you said it's a motivation, right? You you have to have some kind of uh, want to, some desire to play from the first round. I think their natural competitiveness, natural pride will get them ready for, you know, play through the first. But I think if UTEP is doing something to them or they're, they're guarding them real hard, they're going to be like, ah, I'm done. I think Western's been done for a while. That's that's my hot sports opinion. Yeah, I think Stansbury is going to be fired as soon as you know their their season is over there. Then you get into the Rice and UTSA game, and I know Jeez. you 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 jumped on UTSA, but they <laughs> split. They both won on the opposing home floor, so they both won the away games. 
you know, UTSA, where their focus is, is on their two-point percentage shooting. Like, they have to be better than Rice in that area. And really, for Rice, it's coming down to shooting better threes than UTSA. And, and both those games, like, when Rice won, their three-point percentage was better than UTSA's, and their two-point percentage was better. And then the flip, the opposite for UTSA when they've won, it was that. So, so you can see that there, there's a very possible upset there. And then, I mean, that when you lead into the next game, UAB has absolutely destroyed Rice. <laughs> I mean, just it, it's like how we did last year, right? Yeah. We 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 killed them twice, but then you were like, well, I don't know if we're going to – that third time, maybe they figured something out. And they didn't. We beat them by like 18. <laughs> but UTSA, they played UAB tough the other um, – what was it? I think it was like last week or something. It, it was at UTSA, I think. So, so they so, played them tough. So my – the thing about like both Rice and UTSA, because I think you think about the regular season schedule, those are always kind of weird. I think for lots of teams, especially like the Eastern teams, is like getting down to Houston or getting down to San Antonio is not easy, right? It's not like a bus trip. You can't just take it. Like you know, I was talking to Grant McCaslin. He was like, "Yeah, we get into to uh, to Western to Bowling Green, and we just take the bus right after the game, and so we stay over there in Murfreesboro, you know, for a day. We could kind of practice." Like, yeah, you can do that. You can kind of go from the, the Rice to Houston like that. But it's that first one. It's just so tough. Uh, and I think it just throws everybody off, especially if they make them play like UTSA and then UTEP. That's tough. <laughs> you know, you got to do yeah. that cross-nation, cross-state trip. So I, I always take those play those games at UTSA with like a grain of salt. Everything is weird there. So they have sort of like a home court advantage because they're just weird. And you're like, you have to remember, like, hey, this is just a basketball game, even though <laughs> it feels like I'm in a high school gym that they just set up today. You know what I mean? Just all that stuff is weird. The last five games for UTSA, they, they beat Rice. They lost to UAB 83-79. to That was at home. Uh, so it was a weird opportunity. Then they went to Florida Atlantic and just got their ass handed to them, 106-66. to <laughs> But then they went and they, you know, FIU is a good team at home and they beat them 95 91 and then they beat charlotte um at home so though i mean they've been playing better down the stretch and you know steve henson is another name that is probably going to be gone at the end of the season um with utsa being one of the teams moving into the aac and they have to have a better basketball program so i mean i i wouldn't be shocked if they beat rice and then and pushed UT, UAB, but uh, I would be shocked if Rice won and then pushed UAB. I just don't see that. Yeah, I mean, I think Rice is just a better team. They like they have two guards that can score. Uh, they have a big man, Fiedler. But I think Fiedler's a little bit canceled out by Germany, uh, Jacob yeah. Germany. And it really just depends on, like, if Germany's able to go plus on Fied Fiedler and then, like, UTSA's guards, who are, I don't even know their names anymore. If like they're able to just you know cancel out those things, like maybe Rice is just not shooting that well. But I think Para, you know, everybody hates him because he's a complainer. I think he can scheme up easy points. That's that's you know you talking about coaching stats and stuff. They can read the game and they're like, you know what, they're leaving this guy open. Let me draw this up and then that's four points, right? You know, like you, know, you got a bucket this way. And then it almost happens again. They have a counter to that thing, so they got two easy buckets. That's plus four points. Um, I don't know that Henson, who is who's an offensive mind, but he's not. He hasn't been recently known for that kind of thing. Like you're like looking at making adjustments, helping his team out, you know, limiting some plays. 
the UTSA just typically just has terrible defense, like the worst. Like they're in bad position, not a lot of good effort, just it's all bad. I think you're right. I think uh, I think Rice is going to get owned by UAB. They're going to just blow him out, and Jelly Walker might have 50 on him. Just you know, whatever. They're just going to kill him. Uh, they're just too big, too strong, and then they have too 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 much talent at the guard position. Then you get into FIU and Louisiana Tech. You said you want to see Louisiana Tech. <clears throat> I mean, both in this game, kind of uh, them. You got FIU, their their best player, Denver Jones. Like he's one of those people that can individually win you a game in a conference tournament just because mm-hmm. he can go off for 30-plus points. He had um, 30 against Rice in their win uh, on the fourth, by the way. Yeah, so, I mean, FIU, what do they do well? They they force turnovers. So if they're getting more than 16 turnovers against you, they're you know they're winning games. But that's that's an important thing for Louisiana Tech, too. they got to force turnovers as well. And I think Louisiana Tech probably does a better job at taking care of the ball than FIU does. Uh, the other thing is like three point shooting. This is kind of interesting that FIU plays better when they shoot more threes. That makes sense. That tracks. Yeah. And they have a FIU has to have their starters play better. They can't really rely on bench points. Louisiana tech, something we know they're, they're better with tempo when they play faster and hectic. We saw that the last time out against North Texas really (laughs) for like three fourths of that game is just kind of just a junk game, just really up and down and kind of a weird tempo wasn't how we normally play. Um, and then again, we, we saw this in the first matchup with Louisiana tech. They have to get to the free throw line to win games. Um, and they damn nearly beat us from the free throw line in that first game when we played so well in the first half. And then we continue to put Crawford and um, Kobe Williams, who's not there anymore on the free throw line. So, I think they're they're both. Pre, I mean, for a seven ten, you know, they could challenge either either one of these teams could challenge North Texas. Doesn't matter who they they play. They both have their their things that they do well. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I remember right, we I'm trying to remember the season series with with FIU. Um, who am I looking at right now? So they were both after the FAU losses, which yeah. would is interesting, right? Because we're you know the in both those games, North Texas had the, the FAU games. They had the lead, so they're very disappointing. So I don't know how much stock you can put into how we played. You know, they they really had us on the ropes when we played them at FA, FIU, and mm-hmm. really we kind of got bailed out by some Jaden Martinez offense. And then um, when we played them at home, we dominated, and really it was kind of like the last four minutes of the game, FIU kind of made their run down the stretch. So really it's just like for both those teams, you know, don't put them on the free throw line and then take care of the ball. Yeah. I think they're dangerous. Cause like you said, they have a guy, right? Denver Jones for FAU or FIU. I'm sorry. And then Louisiana tech, they have Isaiah Crawford. Like I'm a big fan of that dude's game. And I think, you know, it's unfortunate that he got injured last, like two of the last four seasons or something like that. Um, because, you know, he's six six. He can get in the post. He can do some things. I call him like a poor man's Kawhi. You know, like he has – he's just long. He can score. He can shoot a little bit. Um, and then if you look at their team last year, just, you know, I know not being a fan, um, they were kind of missing an Isaiah Crawford-type dude that would just kind of be in between. They could step out and shoot it. Also get in the post and then help out uh, – uh, what's his face? Junior Lofton. This season, like I said, they had coaching change. 
Uh, everything's just different. He's played well, uh, meaning uh, Isaiah Crawford. Uh, he shoots well from three, shooting 41%. Um, he's scoring like, uh, you know, is it about like 20 points a game or so, something like that? No, he's yeah, good. And they, they played FAU tough yesterday. They took him down to the ropes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like Kobe Williams is the guy that could break down your, your team. And if you remember the loss that we, we had to Louisiana Tech, a lot of it was Kobe Williams getting into the lane, pulling up for a little jumper. And then either Tech getting a rebound or him actually hitting it. Now, North Texas did a good job against Louisiana Tech. It, the problem was that we couldn't score. I don't think their defense is as good as it was last year, this this Tech team. And they don't have Kobe Williams anymore. Yeah, no Kobe Williams. And, and so it's like they have a shooter in Keaston Willis. That's always kind of you got to look out for that. And they got a scorer in Isaiah Crawford. That's, that's enough to get you by an FIU. But I don't like their chances long term, especially going against us, right, North Texas, right? I think North Texas is just too good defensively. They're too disciplined. Um, and then, you know, you got probably Kai Huntsbury. I think they held him out for precautionary reasons. You got Kai Huntsbury. You got Tyler Perry. Too much scoring for him. And then you have guys that can match up with him. North Texas can ha- has a front line now. You got um, Usman, who I think could eat him up. Sissoko's been playing well. And if Jaden Martinez is not too banged up, he probably can get some minutes. He can step out and then, you know, Add some firepower out there, too. Yeah, the the last game against Louisiana Tech, Usman had a good game. Scott had a good game. Huntsbury had a good game. Perry didn't really have a good game. He only had 11 points. Um, the bench, Ruben had five. Stone had two. And Sissoko had two. So, And they're too big. I mean, really, in that game was Louisiana Tech kept it close because they were hitting threes. They were 10 to 25 from three-point range, which – I mean, that wasn't something that I was expecting them to be able to do. So, And the, the final first, well, I mean, it's not really, it's the next round, you know, Charlotte, Middle. Well, they, before, you, before, before you get to that, so let me just recap this. 5.30, it's Western and UTEP. If you guys are going to that one, that's the Tuesday night early game. And then it's FIU, Louisiana Tech, starting at 8. And then on the other court, Rice and UTSA. So if you... My day would probably be, and it, well, I guess it's going to be Western UTEP, and then I'm going to the FIU Louisiana Tech. I'm not going to waste my time with Rice and UTSA. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to sully my palate with terrible basketball. I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to see that. <laughs> I'm going to have my kids aver- avert their eyes. Like, don't look at that. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Then you know, once we get in the quarterfinals, now we're past mm-hmm. the buys. The middle Charlotte game again. They they both split in the regular season. Charlotte, we've talked about them some. They need good bench production, and they got to win the two-point percentage. And then for middle, something I was kind of surprised by is that they play better when they play faster. Um, we've seen them kind of be slower recently, but actually they're better when their tempo's faster. Well, a lot of that um, has to do with them winning, like getting out and running, right? Getting a steal, getting that pressure, and then just running and throwing the ball up. Like when you know they're they're steal and they throw it up to Eli Lawrence and he's dunking on you and then you're like time out you know I think that's what that is but yeah and then the other key thing for them is defensive rebounding keeping people off the offensive glass those those are those are the key metrics for for both those teams yeah that, that's gonna be you said they split right that's it's kind of an interesting matchup it's like it's gonna be like one of those things where they're just making runs and whoever who else uh, uh who Whatever team makes the longer runs, like one team will go on a six zero run, other team will go on a, a five zero run, and so if you're like always having a couple, you know, points longer on your runs when you're winning, 
then you're just going to win the game. And uh, yes, Daniel, you're like, you're just describing basketball. But what I mean is that, like, uh, when Charlotte's going to strangle the game and make middle play their way, then Charlotte's going to look like the better team. And when middles get some steals and they're getting out and running and, and you know, like Dishman's attacking the basket and uh, Eli Lawrence is running and, and you're like, oh, man, nobody's going to be able to score against middle because they, they can have moments where they look like that. And they have moments where they look like, I don't know if they know how to run a play. You know, there's like that too. So. Yeah. So, I mean, then you're, you're, you know, we don't know who North Texas is going to play. And then if we win, you know, we, we would, we assume that if we win, we're going to end up playing UAB. Um, if we can get there for a third time, you know, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of things. We beat them three times in a row right but, now. But I don't, I, we'll save that for last. Uh, we'll, we'll save that for the Chris Rock, you know, you know, I saw Chris Rock in like live. He came to St. Louis. I saw him. He did his his Will Smith bits earlier, and then he did a special last night. I watched that. It's a lot of the same jokes, some different ones. He did that. He saved that for the end, which makes sense. So we'll see. So when do you want to save the, the the FAU? You know, <laughs> okay, is that for the end too? <laughs> when we get to the championship, we we'll win by fifty points. All right. So I just so Western UTEP. They're in the bracket. The winner of that will play FAU. And the way FAU is playing, and really it's more like if they play Western, I feel like Western is just not going to have any juice and they're going to fall apart. FAU is a good team. They have a lot of tools. There's always that concern, right? This is a, this, you, you mentioned pressure. Number one seed. You know, people are coming after you. It's a, it's a little different. You're not the – we saw this a little bit with middle last year where middle was good and you're like, hey, you, you're going to have to play differently, right? You know, and, and uh, I thought they were best when they were playing against UAB because it flipped, right? Everybody thought UAB was a better team. Um, and so they, they felt a little bit more comfortable in the underdog role. But, you know, it, you, you never know. Um, FAU Western, I think FAU wins that one, but I can see Western giving them a little scare. I don't. <laughs> but well, I, I mean, look, the, the only way that's possible is if Western is not playing how they did in the regular season. Like mm-hmm. they're – they're the Western team that was the number two, you know, preseason pick in Conference USA. Yeah. Like that that's the only way. Well, and that's what I'm saying, is that like I, I think there's a possibility and what it's gonna look like is that Javen McKnight is gonna go off. That's really that's really it. I don't really see any other path. I mean, because Jamarian Sharp, he he can score a little bit, he can block some shots, but he's not a guy that's gonna like, oh, you look out for that dude, he's gonna get forty on you. He's not gonna do that. You know what I mean? He doesn't really have a whole lot of tools. And FAU is just going to be missing shots. That's really it. They have too many, too good of an offense where guys get open, and so it's it's just a matter of are they going to hit those shots. So if they start going cold, and then you know like the game's a little close. I think, you know, like John L. Davis has been doing good, but if you're like, hey, I need a guy to get you get you a uh, bucket, I'm choosing uh, Damian McKnight over John L. Davis. That's just me. And so in that situation, but. That's a very Plinko-centric way to get there. And nine times out of ten, <laughs> FAU is going to whoop them, right? Because they're going to hit enough shots. They're going to create enough of that. Uh, FAU doesn't really have – I mean, Western doesn't really have the kind of defense anymore. It just it's, There's no way. Um, so I think FAU wins that one. Uh, and then So the winner of that one will take middle and Charlotte, uh, and that will be in the semifinal matchup, the early semifinal matchup, uh, 11.30 a.m. So that's Friday, right? Yeah. So ours would be the 2 p.m., assuming we beat FIU or Louisiana Tech, whoever comes out of that one. It's an 8 p.m. matchup. Thursday, 8 p.m., ESPN+. Plus. Set your dial, buy your tickets, get out there, 
get ready to be at the Star at Frisco. All right, so 2 p.m. Uh, Central Time. You're saying it's going to be North Texas versus UAB. Is that right? I'm not saying anything about who <laughs> anybody's going to be, but assuming that the um, probabilities play out, and it is UAB for I, a third I thought time. this is the Greg Steel Pipe locks, you know? <laughs> no, 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 no. No pledge. No pledge here. He said, uh, uh, empty your 401k. Put it all on North Texas. All right, so it's, I think everybody's looking at this matchup. It's probably probably going to be just based on reputation. North Texas UAB. There are a lot of you can see it being somebody different. It's, it's upset time. Uh, I can see you know North Texas dropping a game to FIU or losing a tech. There are times in both games against or, or four games against them where North Texas looked a little shaky. Definitely that early one against Louisiana Tech at home and then away at FIU. It can happen, right? So assuming we can get by them. Um, North Texas versus UAB, 2 p.m. on CBS Sports Network on Friday, March 10th. And that one's a huge one. North Texas beat them twice. Beat them at UAB and then beat them in Denton. Um, one without Jelly. One, uh, he was back for the next one, right? Yeah, he was yeah. back for the next one. I, I think the biggest thing for me is, like, what do I wear? Do I wear the same thing that I wore? <laughs> like, if, if we won the first game, do you wear that same thing for the second game, or do you change up? The, I think... You know, it's all regular season clothes. You got to figure out what's going to bring you the most luck for, for the tournament. You no, know, it's just tournament clothes time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I like to stick with the routine throughout. So I, I don't know. Okay, so Wait, are you going to bring? Looking, are you going to bring the same TV you watch it on? Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't do that because I just got a I just got a new one this past week, um, <laughs> a seventy five inch TV that my wife was like absolutely just pissed off at me about. <laughs> Like she said, if there was ever a reason to divorce you, now's the time. <laughs> That's where you got to say, hey, look, I just wanted, you know, give you something to watch. Or I give you a foot rub, hon. Yeah, 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 well, like, look, the, I mean, the kids knew I was getting it and they saw it when they came into the house. But she didn't notice it for like two hours until my what? daughter told her. <laughs> That's <sighs> a like, betrayal. Nobody... <laughs> you got to call her. Hey, <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> I know, I know. Never so, rat on the family, daughter. <laughs> yeah. We we have played UAB twice, and both these teams know each other very well by yeah. now, and then they play close games, and, and you really know what it comes down to, like the free throw line. So for UAB, like their key things are free throw rate, getting to the free throw line at least 25 times. In the first game with no jelly, where we beat them, they got to the free throw line 24 times. In the second game, with the two overtime game with Jelly, <laughs> yes, I would like Jelly Bell on my toast. Um, <laughs> in the second game, they, they only got to the free throw line 10 times. Um, then, like, their second key thing is shooting a better three-point percentage than their opponent. So in that first game, they were one of 10, and North Texas shot the ball very well from three. They were, like, 47%. In the two-overtime game, they actually shot better three-point percentage than us. So, I mean, you know, you look at those those things, and we were able to basically win more of their key metrics. If you look at the North Texas, their key metrics, two-point percentage, we talk about it a lot, being better than 50% or 48%. It's like 48.5%, I think. In the first game, or in one of the games, we shot 51%. In another game, we shot 48.5%. So we hit both those. 
we have to force more than 13 tur- or more than 12 turnovers. We got 13 in one game, 11 in the, another game. Offensive rebounding percentage. We're, we're, I think our metric is like 31 point something. We have to be better. We, we, in one game, we were 32.3 and another one, we were 15. So you got one out of those free throw rate. That second game we played them. We really got to the free throw line, 44.6% versus 18% in the first game. And then assist rate when we're better than like 47% assist rate on our shots. Uh, we win uh, pretty regular and we, we were at 50% in one game and 38.5. What that all boils down to, I'm coming with is six out of the 10, you know, key metrics for North Texas, they were able to hit out of in those two games. And that's why I think that they won. Yeah. And it, like for me, you know, when somebody says like two point percentage, is like, what does that mean? I just got to take more twos. I got to put a lot foot on the line. Like, what does that mean? You know, I, the thing is that they just, the stats tell you like how they're playing, right? For North Texas, they get a lot of the two point shots from Abu Usman, right? So he is, He's not doing fadeaways, you know, from the corner, like baseline fadeaways. He's getting into his move, going over his right shoulder, his left shoulder, finishing at the rim. That's big. So if he's shooting a poor percentage and thus North Texas shooting a lower percentage from two, it's because he's not able to either get those buckets. Like North Texas is not generating offense to get him catch, dunk, catch, finish, or he's having to go pump or, you know, do some other things there. So that means they're, they're affecting that shot. And the other thing is Kai Huntsbury. He gets into the lane. He he does a little pull-up jumper. He can do some post-up things. Um, and then everybody else, right? Ace got cut into the basket. Matt Stone cut into the basket. Uh, Ruben Jones finishing on some breaks sometimes. Those are the two-point shots we get elsewhere, right? So are those things happening? Are North Texas, is North Texas getting those shots that they want, right? If Ruben Jones is cooking somebody on a pick and roll, doing that little one-legged floater from, like, the free throw line. That's a good shot. We've seen him do it over time this season. That's a shot he can make. We're happy with it. But if he gets it and he's doing a fadeaway one-handed, you know, and you're like, what is that? That's a bad shot. That's not a shot we've seen him do. So it's stuff like that. Like, if North Texas is getting the shots they want and they practice and they look for, I bet it's going to be 50% plus. Now, UAB looks at the same thing. They're like, let's not give him this shot. Let's not let that guy get shot. They They have a plan for it. Um, conversely, North Texas does a good job of identifying who the shooters are, chasing them off. Um, uh, they don't give middle, uh, I mean, they don't give the middle of the court, uh, uh, to the other team. They, it can lead to some three point shots, but North Texas does a great job of chasing those, gu- those guys off and forcing bad passes. They want you to, to rotate, right? You're going to pass and they, w- they want you to move the ball, but they think, that you're not going to make a great pass. So you're going to pass, he's going to be open, but the ball's going to land at his knees and he's going to be like out of rhythm shooting it. That's the idea anyway. So I think North Texas, like you said, in two games they did a good job winning those things more of the time. Um, but Jelly Walker is a game breaker, right? He can score 41. He is. It's he one is. of those things can, it's dangerous, yeah. He can, he can score 41, but the other thing is is that he, he also can give up a bunch of points to Tyler Perry. Yes. But the, see, here's the, here's the thing is that the health of Kai Huntsbury really comes into play in the second game because they don't have a guy to guard Kai Huntsbury. Like they have to put Tyler Lovin on him. And then if you're putting Lovin on him, you don't have somebody maybe to guard Tyler Perry. Like he can break down, he can break down both gains and he can break down um, Walker. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you put gains or Walker, 
on Kai Huntsbury, Huntsbury can take them into the post mm-hmm. and he can finish over them. So that's where the health is really important of Kai Huntsbury. They, I don't think that they can get by UAB without Huntsbury. I, I think that's that's one of those things. Here's, here's the good news is that Huntsbury, he basically rested Saturday. Yes, today, Sunday. Monday's uh, like an off day, right? He's probably going to do some walkthroughs or practice or something. The first game, first round begins Tuesday. or uh, I mean, uh, was it Wednesday, right? So Monday, Tuesday, he has off. Wednesday's the first round. Thursday is a game. You could probably keep him out for that Thursday and say bring him on Friday. He might be a little rusty, but he, he can play. He can basically have a whole week of rest on his ankle. I don't know where it, where it is or what it was. Somebody said he was dressed out, but he just didn't play. They probably held him out for precautionary reasons. All that makes yeah. sense. I, I mean, I'm, play him Thursday, see how he's looking. That's all right. Yeah, if, if he's good to go, then you, you find a way to get him minutes on Thursday no matter what. Whether, you know, if, if you want to continue with Ruben starting, I'm fine with that. If you want to start Huntsbury because he's a full go, then I'm fine with that too. I don't think it, it matters. They should be able to get by FIU without Huntsbury is, is all I'm saying. Cause, yeah. <laughs> I I agree. I think that one that 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 kind of makes sense there. All right. So after that, I I think there, if there's a chance, the most likely spot North Texas exits this tournament is on Friday against a UAB. It just they're the toughest team. They are the dynamic team, and I think that everybody's been saying, well, nobody wants UAB in a in a one game tournament. You might beat them in a regular season. This, that, and the other. But if you got to play them um, and it, it comes down to who's going to hit big shots, who's ready for the big moment, who already has done it, that's UAB. They they beat everybody in the conference tournament last year, right? They they came up with big shots. Jelly Walker was challenged. Middle had them beat, and he hit ridiculous jumpers in people's eye to win the game. Um, they're good, you know, they can do it again. North Texas is good enough to beat UAB. They've demonstrated that they have that ability. Uh, so to me, it's not quite the championship game, but it's going to be a hell of a semifinal if the, both teams can make it to that point just because of yeah. the quality. Right? Um, the other side of the bracket, I don't know that middle can beat FAU, and I, I don't think Charlotte can beat FAU. Um, and so FAU is going to kind of have a little bit of a walk, walk in, get into that final. Uh, I mean, if FAU is challenged, it's going to be like themselves. Like, can they, you know, can they play at the level that they've been playing at? Um, can they – the stakes well, are higher. I mean, yeah, stakes I are mean, higher, right? It, it matters now. It's not like – it's different when you're like, oh, we, we went through a bad stretch. The other team's up by five. You're like, oh, well, you know, whatever. It's a regular season game. But if you do that and then in the back of your mind is like, this means we could go we go home. If we don't win this, we're out, you know? So then it changes it. It, it has a potential to change the way you play. And I think that, that it could be a little scary and different guys react uh, uh, differently. Right? You get some poor reactions there, some some tighter arms, some uh, guys that maybe you'd make a pass in the regular season when you're at home and book a return, and now you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Now your offense is stagnant because you're not willing to pull the trigger. This, that, and the other. That's how it happens, man. So Middle Tennessee beat Florida Atlantic. That was one of their, their conference losses, one of their two. Um, so I could see Middle Tennessee do it. Now, if, if we go back to like what I said about Middle Tennessee, I said tempo faster, defensive rebound percentage were kind of like their keys. In that game where they beat Florida Atlantic, 
Florida Atlantic only had five offensive rebounds. Hmm. And middle kind of just, they dominated. They were 29 defensive rebounds and 11 offensive rebounds versus 27 and, and five for Florida Atlantic. So they dominated the boards in that game. And I mean, that was kind of, there wasn't a, a ton of turnovers, but they did force, uh, I think they forced 15 turnovers for Florida Atlantic. So those two things set out. So they could, they could, you know, if, if one team was to do it, maybe it's middle Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they have the tools. And this is the thing about middle is that they were good last year. And then on paper, they're, they're a little scary, right? They got a lot of length. And so you think about what FAE likes to do is spread you out and shoot. Well, middle can make up that ground. Like they have a bunch of six, eight, six, seven dudes. They like to fly around and they, they can all jump. They can challenge your shot. And then maybe they can block your shot at the three, but they also can change the way you do it. And then you're, you're like, well, I drive against them. They can recover, you know, uh, Leonard, uh, uh, and uh, Lawrence, they're long, they're lengthy. They can, you know, you mentioned Coleman Jones. He's a six ten dude. Dishman usually brings a little dynamism to that five spot. Last year in a conference tournament, he was big because they would throw him in the post, and he would just get guys in foul trouble just with being big and and dyna- dynamic in there. Uh, he can be a problem, right? That's, that's really the deal. Is like, uh, is you know, I could see Golden getting in foul trouble. But they have the other dude behind him, right? Rosado, and he's been pretty solid. They have a little one-two, one-two punch there. But basically, I think middle can't give them a game, but there's just too many if this and if that and they're, if they're playing <laughs> well. And you're like, okay, but what's what's likely going to happen? You know, so even if FAU is, is, is a little challenged, I don't know that middle has enough offense in the half court to break them down. And that really, you need that. You need at least three possessions late. And you're like, okay. Where can we get? We know what North Texas is going to do, right? We're going to give the ball to Tyler Perry, but we can also give it to Kai Huntsbury. Also, we can give it to, to uh, Ruben Jones. And I, I've, I had a note about how well Ruben's played. Uh, he's shooting a three with confidence. Uh, he has the best vision. He can make ridiculous passes. Um, uh, I, I had a game uh, with, with Gina. Go ahead, go ahead. The pass that he made yesterday earlier in the game where he was along the baseline – he switched it from his left hand to his right hand and did the wraparound pass <laughs> all the way out to the 45 for Edie to hit a three. I was like, how the hell did he get the ball around there? I was like, Jesus. Yeah, look, if, you haven't, if you're not a long-time listener to this show or the basketball version of the show, we said after last year's NIT and all this other stuff is that we're big fans of Ruben Jones. We think that I, he, could, he could be the primary ball handler, and if some circumstances are different, I think he could be the primary scorer. Like if if you know what I mean, like it, there was no Tyler Perry, there wasn't no Kai Huntsbury. Um, you know, like he has that potential. Like he can get to the rim almost at will against most of the competition in Conference USA. And I think if he added more shooting to his game, I mean that that that's at least fifteen points there, right? You know, like you get to to the rim three four times, draw some fouls, and then you hit three, you know, couple threes. 12 to 15 points again. Um, but his passing, I think, is what makes him special, and his defense is what makes him essential. Um, those those things are huge. And so you think about that. North Texas, ty- TP, when he gets locked up, he throws it to Kai Huntsbury. Uh, late in the season, he's been crucial. He can score. He has the confidence to score, right? It's not just like, I know, TP, this is your, your squad, so I'm going to give you first dibs. He's like, no, also, I'm Kai Huntsbury. Let me go cook and go get some buckets. 
And then you have Ruben who can score and attack. You can stick him in the pick and roll, and he can find Kai, or he can find TP, or he can go score for himself, or more often than not, find Usman for an easy bucket. Uh, I think North Texas just has a lot of options. And then also we're going to mention the other guy, Aaron Scott, who has added enough to his game that he can catch and shoot a three, or but more dangerously, he can fly in for a tip back or an easy dunk. He, it just you know North Texas presents a lot of problems to a lot of teams when they're clicking. And so when it comes down to it, and it's like half court time, North Texas that's where they thrive. You mentioned that right? Defense they give themselves a chance, but hey, it's winning time. We need a bucket. We have a lot of tools, and they've shown they can get those buckets. So yeah, that's yeah. what I'm so excited about. Ruben. He's going to be on the all-defensive team. I don't know if he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year, but I think he's going to be definitely on that all-defensive team. Yeah, I mean, I think that Ruben Jones um, does a – he does a lot, right? He, he, there's like – he'll only have like five points. Uh, I guess I was, I was joking with my wife. I was like, yeah, Ruben Jones always has like six points, like four assists. You know what I mean? I just kind of listen to all the things he does. And then he does a bunch of other things where you're like – was he guarding the he was guarding the, the the guard and then he was like helping out in some other things and he was guarding their best wing he's so versatile he does so many different things on a, on the squad that you can't just look at the box score and say did he score right did he get 10 points then it was a good game yeah, he can get he can have a great game with five points you know um it, it's he's one of those kinds of dudes um go ahead are you gonna mention something no no i was just gonna use the the um the Ted Lasso, Roy Kent chant for uh, <laughs> for Ruben. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. He's, he's Ruben. <laughs> so the final championship game, right? Saturday, March 11th, 7.30 in the p.m. on CBS Sports Network. Um, I know everybody likes to complain, like, where is even that? I don't even know where that is. Get Fubo TV. Get an email address. Figure it out. It's on Fubo. You can get it. You can stream it somewhere. Uh, find somebody that has CBS Sports Network. Watch it there. I think if you get Paramount Plus, you get access to it. So maybe try that. I'm not sure about that one, but do that. Uh, that's the conference tournament. Uh, it's a smaller one because we're missing three teams, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, but I think it's it's good. It's gonna be a quality quality tournament starting at the quarterfinals. You're gonna get some good games. Uh, you're gonna see North Texas in action. You're gonna see UAB in action on that uh, Thursday. You'll see number one seed FAU, and you'll see a quality team. If you like basketball, it's a little bit of a deep cut. You'll see Meadow and Charlotte. I would go see that game. Uh, I don't think you go wrong seeing any of those things. Um, semifinals, I mean, the eleven thirty one is kind of tough. I think FAU is going to just kind of romp, but that's a potential for an upset. And then at the 2 p.m., that's the big heavyweight title bout. In That's not for a title. UNT, UAB, <laughs> that's going to be huge. And then in the final, it's really just about – which one of these teams can do it? It could set up a scenario where you have UNT, North Texas, right? You know, the, the number two seed trying to get revenge on FAU. And then you're going to have a lot of debate like, hey, this, could, this is for the tournament bid. But is the loser going to get in also, right? You're going to have a lot of talk like that. I think if that's a situation, if it's North Texas, FAU in the final, there's a greater likelihood of that happening. If North Texas drops to UAB, uh, in the semifinals, then I think it's less likely. Right. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. All right. Quick note, because we didn't cover women's basketball a ton, uh, so I'll just mention um, on Wednesday, 
FIU Charlotte Women's Basketball. That's 11 a.m. at 1.30 p.m. North Texas UAB. You want a little preview of UAB? Uh, first round. That's the North Texas Women's Basketball Squad against UAB. First round game. ESPN Plus. Uh, if you can't get out of work or you can't make it, I'll be there. We'll, we'll be there for that one. It's, a, it's kind of an early game. Uh, afternoon one. And the 2 p.m. game is UTSA and FAU. Uh, it's women's first round. After that, quarterfinals, it's middle, waiting on the FIU-Charlotte game. UTEP-Louisiana Tech, the Lady Texters um, at the 11.30 spot. Western's waiting on the winner of North Texas-UAB at 1.30. Rice is waiting on the winner of UTSA-FAU at 2. And then the semifinals, those are the late games on, on Friday. You got a 4.30 game, 7 p.m. game. Those are both on ESPN+. And then the final will be Saturday. That's at 4.30, CBS Sports Network. North Texas struggle, <laughs> struggle a ton <laughs> this season. They're not good. I think we're the we're the seventh seed. Um, I mean, Quincy Noble is a baller. Uh, I mean, that's really a lot to say there. Is like North Texas is way off the the standard of the top seeds. You know, Rice still good. Middle's the number one seed. Uh, you know, like Western is good. Like North Texas is it's gonna be the longest odds <laughs> to win from the women's side. But go out there, cheer out the cheer on the the Mean Green. Um, they disappointed this season a ton, but you know there's always a chance. New season starts now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It really does. It yeah. Really does. All right. So f- final predictions. Um, do you have any hot sports opinions about this conference tournament? Oh, I'll, I'll do it this way. Be our our little final game here. Of the of uh, FAU. UAB, North Texas. Which team has the greater likelihood of being upset? Both of being upset? Probably North Texas. I think so. I think yeah. Yeah. And that's because, what, we play Louisiana Tech? Or do you consider, like, UAB beating us an upset? I I think because yeah. like technically there are three seeds, so it is, but it's not really because I think UAB is still good. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll consider that an upset, but you know, like I, I think of the teams that has the hardest um, quarterfinal matchup, North Texas would have the hardest one mm-hmm. out of those those three. I mean, yeah. Rice or UTSA, UAB's dominated, and then you know Western UTEP. You know, how much does UTEP have in the in the tank, if they beat a Western and, and if Western wins, you know, what do they have left in the tank after? Because UTEP is just, I mean, they just wear you down. <laughs> and so how much would they have in the tank for an FAU? So I, I think North Texas probably, and, and just the way that they play too, right? There's not a lot of room for error. Yeah. So. And that's the problem with taking every possession super seriously. You have, only, you have fewer of them. And then, yeah. yeah, there's not enough room to to make a comeback or something. I mean, again, it's like you look at what is like one of the one area of weakness probably for North Texas at times is is they turn it over too much. And so what are those two teams that they could possibly play FIU or Louisiana Tech have to do? Like when they win games is turn people over. So FIU is pretty good at turning people over. So you could you could possibly see that. See that. And Louisiana Tech always plays us tough, so. Yeah, in case you don't know, and you can watch them on that, in that first round game, 
FIU is they play high press, right? They are super. They're, they're the fastest team in the league. They just play, you know, very quickly. They, they, um, a lot of it's because they just full court press a lot. Uh, you know, I, I I think you're right. Is that like FIU and Louisiana Tech are both solid teams. They're in that like grab bag of teams, like I mentioned, where you're like, I mean, they're all kind of the same, and anybody could get beat by them. They all. If you look at the resume, they all beat somebody they shouldn't have, quote unquote, you know, and they all lost to other teams. You're like, what? How did that happen? It's just one of those things. Um, UTEP is they're solid, but you know, like I said, they have no offense that I that I respect. Western, they have like two players now. They they might be like two players. They might get Stansbury out there. You know what I mean? Just to <laughs> to be a fifth guy. They got nobody out there that's on scholarship, and then there's like a motivation question. If they're on, like th- that's the thing. It. it you never, you never know when it, it comes time to play, uh, where somebody's pride's gonna kick in, right? Like, you know, Western got they got beat down by thirty, and that's gonna bother them. Nobody likes to get beat by thirty. They're gonna do this. They're gonna have to hype it up. Like, hey, it's a conference tournament. It's a chance to shine. They're gonna talk themselves up, and when the lights go on in Frisco, they're gonna be. It's gonna be a different game. We we've seen it happen. We've seen some teams upset other teams. They have the talent, right? If if you want anything, you want a guy and a team with talent because it means you have a chance. You have the potential. So it, it's possible. But, yeah, I think you're right. It's North Texas probably has a be- better chance of being upset. And then maybe FAU, like I said, just because of talent consideration and the pressure. And then I think UAB. But you, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it. I would go UAB next and then FAU. That, yeah. Well, I was, I, <laughs> UAB, if they, if they lose, it's because they're losing to themselves because they, they're just in their Yeah, head. that's <laughs> – yeah. That's it. Like they are inconsistent, yeah. and so like I mean I I could see that happening. Yeah, you're just like you kind of watch them sometimes. Like, where was he throwing the ball? Like, why did he do that? <laughs> like in a close game, they're gonna give you turnovers. Yeah, yeah. At, at key times. Yeah. So. I mean, they're so, they're so weird to watch that way because you're like, well, Jelly can score from anywhere, but then also they'll just turn the ball over because he tries to score from anywhere. And you're like, if he would have just ran some, you know, if he would have just got into the set, run a pick and roll, I don't think that the, the team can stop you, but you're like, no, no, I'm going to take this dude on. And then you dribbled off his knee or something like that. You're like, what? I don't know. That has to be very yeah. frustrating for Andy Kennedy, but that, I mean, whatever. He's won a conference <laughs> title. I guess it work, works out. All right. Uh, so we'll be there. I'm going to be there. Greg's going to be there. We're going to have a photographer there. Uh, win or lose for North Texas, we're going to be covering this tournament the whole way through. We like basketball. Uh, I like basketball. Uh, I'm flying down Tuesday, so I'll be there Tuesdays, Tuesday night. Let me know if you want to meet up. I will text the super secret Slack and then other people, the Ming Nation uh, members, all that other good stuff. We can meet up. We'll see what's going on. Uh, like I said, there's a women's game at 1.30 on uh, that Wednesday. Um, that we call meet up for. I mean, like I said, I'm gonna be trying to be down there covering the game, so I'm not gonna have a whole lot of time to hobnob, but I'll make some time to go hobnob with you if you want. Uh, you know that that's basically it. Uh, I'm excited about it. I still think college basketball is one of the most best bangs for your buck uh, in terms of just entertainment value. Um, you know, like I've been to a lot of sporting events. You know, you get you see soccer matches, you see football things. Basketball, you're right there. You can sit, you can hear them complain. You can he- see the drama. You look on the coach's face, his pained expression <laughs> as his star guard turns the ball over or ignores his play call. Like all of that stuff is is 
is great. And I love basketball. There's a lot of intricacies involved. You can see it, especially you get close to it. You can see them fighting over the screen. Guy threw an elbow, and he's mad at it. Talks to the ref, and he comes down. He's like, I'm going to get him again this time. There's like 100 stories <laughs> happening on every possession, and it's great, and I love it. So uh, I'm excited about it. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do, cover this tournament. And this is the last tournament, last Conference USA one. The next one's going to be at the AAC, which, what was it? in the? Are they at Dickies in Fort Worth? Uh, I don't know what you're I don't think it's Dickies. I think it's somewhere else. Google. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out the American Conference Basketball Tournament. American Athletic. Oh, yeah, it is in the Dickies. Yeah. Yeah. Look that... at you. You're finally right about something. <laughs> I'm a professional journalist in my free time. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Yeah. Helps yeah. you sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, my wife's like, what are you, what are you doing over there? I'm like, oh, I'm a professional journalist in my free time, man. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Are you going to care about the American at all? Are you, like, tuning in right now, like, other than the normal, uh, you know, I care about all the sports happening right now kind of deal? Um, I'm, what do you, what do you, I mean, expand on that. Because, like, yeah, I'm going to watch some of their games, like, but do I care, like, what happens, like, Tulane versus Wichita State? Probably yeah. not. <laughs> But if it's a close game, am I going to tune in? Yeah, unless nah. I'm doing something over there at our conference tournament. Well, yeah, I mean, Houston's still good. They're twenty-eight and two. Memphis is good. They're twenty-three and seven. Um, you know, Tulane. I didn't know that Tulane was pretty good. They're other, third in the conference, and you got Cincinnati. I mean, I'm keeping an eye on it, knowing that it all could change. I'm trying to wear, figure out where North Texas, UTSA, Charlotte, uh, FAU all fit into that little group there. It's going to be completely different rosters, all that good stuff there. And so I, I don't think there's a whole lot of value in like watching Wichita State and UCF right now, or, I mean, they're not going to be there, but like, you know what I'm saying? It, I don't know. Um, but I, I mean, I think if you're talking about like this year's team, if you put them in the AAC, where would they fit? I, they'd be like third or fourth. Well, I mean, FAU, same thing. They'd be like maybe second or third. So yeah. I think North Texas FAU UAB would be, I think they're better than Tulane and like Cincinnati and some of those teams. Yeah. I mean, Houston just, they're ridiculous. They're good. Um, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're done here. Mingry Nation podcast. I think the next, we're not going to do any podcasts from the tournament, uh, but we might try to sneak in some other things. It's just kind of a lot of ordeal. I think last time we tried to, go up to the booth and record in there and it, we kind of made it happen it's possible i won't promise anything but we'll we'll do something after selection sunday is i think what we said right yeah yeah so we'll, we'll see what happens there um but yeah we're done go mean green <laughs>